Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. Today we are going to take a look at what I believe is one of the biggest transits of 2023, and that is Venus's retrograde in the sign of Leo, which is going to happen in July uh, and August of 2023. I want to talk about why I think this is one of the biggest transits of the year, why I have this circled on my calendar for the year ahead, um, explain sort of what to watch for. We're going to look back at the previous Venus retrogrades in the sign of Leo and when they've occurred and how you can track them. Uh, I'll share with you some stories about how my own tracking panned out so that you get a sense of also how to track if you need any help with that, if you've never done it before. And then um, we are going to take that Venus retrograde through all 12 signs and give you a sense of where this, this major transit is going to land in your birth chart. So uh, that is our that is our goal for today. Um, and I before we get into it, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments in the comment section if you have any stories to share, especially if you have a story to share for our grab series, use the hashtag grabbed or email us grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. Right now I'm looking for what was your biggest transit of 2022? I would love to hear those stories. Uh, send us an email, drop in the comment section with the hashtag grab. What was your transit of 2022? I'd like to make a storytelling episode on some of those um, early in the new year. Um, also, we are with, as I'm making this, we have just five days left to go in the Kickstarter. It ends New Year's Eve, uh, depending on your time zone. It's a little after midnight on New Year's Eve that the Kickstarter is over. We are trying to raise the support of 1,608 backers. Uh, right now, we have about 705 that we still need with five days left to go. That is a lot. Hopefully, we can get there. Um, if you want to donate, find the link in the description of this video or in the comments section. Every single donation helps. Um, it's so, so helpful. $5, $10, uh, anything and everything helps us get there. Um, we have a lot of different rewards you can choose when you donate. The best deal, of course, is 50% off all of my online training programs. If you bundle them together, we have a special four-class bundle that takes the price of the class per class down to 75% off the full tuition, which is the best deal that I've ever offered. We put this one up. We've never done a deal like this before. We did it because we had reached 50,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel. So it's kind of a special deal. You won't see that one again. Um, so take advantage of that. You can use that on any of my classes. I have six classes, year one, year two, horary readings and passages, the, uh, roots and spheres program, as well as, um, the, uh, masterclass series, masterclass series, readings and passages are new every year. So, um, you know, you can, and you can use them whenever you want. They have no expiration date. Uh, you can gift one to someone if you want. So there, those that's the best reward that we have. We also have a lot of other cool rewards like the major astrology of 2023 talk that I do, uh, your horoscope for sun or rising sign for all the major transits of 2023, a variety of different readings I offer, special talks I give on different subjects. If you're a student of astrology, you can check out. So um, yeah, really, really appreciate your donation. Again, find the link in the description and comments below. A ton of love goes into the creation of these horoscopes every single day. Uh, a, a big process, a lot of TLC that's poured into it, a whole staff of people that you're supporting when you support the Kickstarter. Also, our major goal of the year, which is to create an affordable reading service that we will um, staff with some of our best graduates so that you can uh, get a reading for a more affordable cost if that is helpful to you. There's a lot of people out there we know who could use readings because it's a very valuable spiritual service. 
but they could use a more affordable price point because of uh, you know wherever you may land with um, with your budget. So we're trying to create that service this year. If we get to 1,608 backers, it is a guarantee that we will be able to do so. Uh, we're pretty sure that that's the number that will translate financially into where we need to be. So you're helping really good causes this year. Uh, so if you love this channel, if you get something good out of it, please do consider going over there and helping us reach our goal. Just five days left. We're going to bang the drum and see if we can get there. So thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, let's get into it now. Okay, so this Venus is playing a huge role. I was looking at all of the transits of 2023 as I made my the special reward video, the astrology of 2023. And I have all of the major transits of the year in that reward video, but I wanted to focus on um, one of them before um, uh, the start of the new year, because as we are um, uh, looking at, at right now in the sky, I should say, Venus has just appeared as an evening star in Capricorn and is going uh, to and has brought the significations of the recent eclipse in Scorpio. Venus was conjoined the sun on October 25th at the time of the new moon solar eclipse in Scorpio. That energy was then sort of brought out into the visible space of uh, Venus's appearance as an evening star. And now Venus is moving through a conjunction, will be moving through a conjunction with Pluto uh, and then into Aquarius. Um, to me, what is, so So Venus is having this very powerful impact right now during eclipse season. I've been thinking about Venus a lot lately and kind of in celebration of Venus uh, last week, I even wrote like a little poetry for Venus. It was a very Venus inspired week. So I was looking at Venus's transits in 2023 and I'm looking and going, you know, Venus has one of the biggest transits of the year, and that is Venus's retrograde in the sign of Leo, which happens over the summer. Of course, it might be the winter if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, but, but from July into August, Venus has a retrograde in Leo. One of the reasons that it's so powerful is because of the aspects that Venus will be making during that period, especially to the planet Uranus, who is in Taurus, Venus's home sign. So I was looking at it and I was going, yeah, we should talk about this one. So first I want to show you the, I'll put up the real-time clock and I'll show it to you. Then we're going to talk about five things to watch for given this Venus retrograde cycle. I want to go back and look at previous Venus retrograde cycles in Leo. Um, Venus retrograde cycles recur <clears throat> in the same sign roughly every eight years. And so we're going to go back. I'm going to take you back as far as I could go in my lifetime, which will be to the back to the summer of 1983. That's five Venus retrograde in Leo periods uh, back in time. And uh, I'm just going to show you how I charted those out, what I found um, based on the position of Venus in my chart. And you can use that then as a template if you want to do some research and look at what kinds of patterns have been activated previously. And therefore, uh, you get a little bit better idea of what you might expect with the upcoming retrograde of Venus and Leo in 2023. And then we're going to take a look at Venus through all 12 whole sign houses uh, based on your rising sign. Of course, you could listen to it for your sun sign as well. All right, let's put up the real-time clock and get into it. So here is uh, July 2023. We're going to take a look at Venus right here. This is Venus's station point, which happens right around July 22nd. You're seeing Venus with a little S under it, which means station, means it's not moving, at least from our perspective on Earth. 
And then we take it forward and take it forward. And by the 24th, it is retrograde. So it might even be a little bit earlier than that, but it's roughly between the 23rd and 24th, depending on where you're at, that Venus will turn retrograde. This is July, 2023. Um, now let's watch Venus's dance. So you can see Venus going retrograde here. And what's I, what I find really interesting about this is, first of all, during Venus's retrograde, one of the most powerful moments happens between August 8th and 9th. During that time, Venus in Leo will make a square to Uranus and Taurus. Now, that is a Uranus who is also uh, being filtered through a Venusian lens by virtue of being in Venus's home sign of Taurus. So we have a very um, Venus slash Uranus moment, but it's it's heavily Venusian. Let's just put it that way. It's like it's like Uranus is already behaving in a Venusian manner, right? Or or focusing on Venusian topics. So here is Venus making the square to Uranus. That's around the eighth or the ninth. Now then Venus is going to go through the Kazemi uh, with the Sun while the Sun is going into the square with Uranus. So it's as though there's this very powerful sequence of events right during the middle of the retrograde where Venus squares Uranus, goes through the heart of the sun, becomes very empowered by the heart of the sun. Then the sun goes through the square to Uranus. So it's, it's very, very Uranian moments. Um, and then let's take it back a little bit more. Then you're going to see Venus going through a square to Jupiter, who's in Taurus, also Venus's sign, right? So now we have a very Venus-Jupiter-like moment. It's very benefic and kind of kind of big. I, I'm like, I'm like already imagining as a native Venus and Leo, I'm like, am I going to grow my hair out? Like I grow like a big lion's mouth. I've had really long hair in my past before. Um, and just, just, you know, thinking of like, what what could happen? Like what could what could happen that would make something really big, you know? maybe putting on muscle in the gym or, uh, you know, my wardrobe changing dramatically, who knows. But it's really interesting to just to think, okay, uh, Venus goes through the square to Uranus, then the sun goes through the square to Uranus while Venus is at the heart of the sun uh, or just after, and then Venus goes through the square to Jupiter, all of which are just very, very big events to happen during the midst of a Venus retrograde. Um, and I'm gonna give you some themes to watch for in a minute, right now I'm just kind of trying to cover the timeline. All right, so let's take this forward a little bit more. Venus will then uh, station, and this is in September, early September. So you're looking at the third into the fourth, turning direct in the fourth into the fifth. Okay, so from like late-ish July to early September, we have this very powerful Venus retrograde, which is especially toned by the squares to Uranus and Jupiter in Venus's home sign of Taurus, with the sun going through those squares as well. But then Venus is going to go direct and uh, in its direct motion will then square Jupiter again. You can see the square happening right there. This is about September 16th uh, into the 17th. And then and it's moving slowly at first, right? So that square to Jupiter is a big slow one, which is um, extra, extra nice really for a benefic. Then Venus squares Jupiter or excuse me, Uranus by September 29th. I think that's another really interesting moment. The, the Venus square to Uranus, by the way, also happens under a full moon in um, Aries. Interesting. So the full moon will be trying, in a sense, uh, by whole sign at least, to that Venus. So it's a very powerful second pass of Venus to Uranus under a full moon 
in late September. And then finally, Venus will sort of um, quiet down as it gets to the end and moves into Virgo by, um, you know, into October. So that's that's why we're, we're spending uh, a bit of time looking at this today. Um, this is one of the biggest sequences of the year in terms of the major planetary transits of 2023 coming up on the new year. So it's kind of a fun time to review. Um, and, you know, more than anything, uh, it's the squares to Uranus and Jupiter during a Venus retrograde that make this so uh, palpable. There was only one occurrence that I could find uh, going all the way back to 1983 in which Venus was configured to Uranus during a Venus retrograde by a conjunction square or opposition, and that was in 1999 when Uranus was in the sign of Aquarius and Venus in Leo opposed. Um, but anyway, what I want to do now is I want to first just take you through some tips on tracking this Venus retrograde cycle and show you kind of what I came up with and the tips that I would give you for tracking the previous Venus retrograde cycles. One of the interesting things about Venus retrograde is that Venus basically has, there's like every eight years, Venus will, Venus's retrograde will recur in roughly the same sign. Over a long period of time, the, there, there are like, you could think of it like five signs that Venus retrogrades in, uh, and those five points kind of create like a star pattern. I'm explaining this in a really like short manner because it's kind of a lengthy and it's a really beautiful explanation. You've never seen it. Look at the five point Venus star cycle, uh, Venus retrograde cycle. It creates kind of like a beautiful flower pattern. In fact, if you look at the retrograde pattern of the, of the Venus retrogrades over eight year cycles. So you get five retrogrades in the same, uh, every eight years you get five Venus retrogrades in the same five signs. So if you go back every and if you go back every eight years uh, from any given Venus retrograde, you'll find the previous retrograde in the same sign. And over time, those Venus retrogrades uh, shift signs. So you'll notice, for example, in this cycle of Venus in Leo, if you go back in time, slowly that retrograde is shifting back into Leo from its starting point in the early degrees of Virgo. And, and so over, over long periods of time, the signs in which you get the recurrence of the Venus retrogrades in these sets changes. I'm not going to get into all that. It's a very beautiful pattern in the sky, however. And um, at any rate, what I want to do is take you back in time. So uh, let's put up the real time clock again, and I'll show you how to do this. So first of all, you want to discover the whole sign house of uh, your rising sign. Put that on the ascendant. Okay, so for me, it's Taurus, uh, which means that Leo, the place that we're going to see Venus retrograde in the summer of 2023, and the place that it, we're going to look back on, that's my that's my fourth whole sign house. Because I'm a Taurus rising, Leo lands in the fourth. If you're used to looking at things in Placidus houses, this may not make sense to you immediately, but you have to remember that ancient astrologers used whole sign houses. And horoscopes are done in whole sign houses as well. So um, we'll go through your horoscope after I go um, after I go down the list of previous retrograde cycles and give you some tips for tracking them. We will do horoscopes. So um, you may, if you don't know which house Leo occupies in your birth chart, uh, you'll you'll be able to identify that in the next part of the talk today. But for me, like because I'm a Taurus rising. Leo lands in my fourth house. So the idea 
is that you can go back to the dates I'm about to provide you with and look at what was happening in your life relative to the topics of the house that Leo occupies. And you will, undoubtedly, you will see some connected themes, not necessarily that they're connected one event to the other, but that the, the, you'll see thematic consistency. And then it invites further meditation, which is really, I think, um, pretty valuable, especially right now, since we're at a kind of like an important Venusian flashpoint uh, with Venus hitting Pluto this week and just appearing as the evening star. Um, I think it's a great time to be thinking about um, what Venus is going to be doing in our lives in the year ahead. Okay, well, let's go back. So uh, you can see this is 2023. So let's go back in time here. I'll get, get the retrograde. So <clears throat> whoops, here we go. Okay, so I'm putting Taurus on the ascendant now. So you'll see this is the Venus retrograde in the summer of 2023. It'll land in my fourth house. So for example, the fourth house is related to home and family, parents and living environment, uh, like your, your house that you live in or family karma, uh, parental karma, things like that. Uh, so among other things, but let's just call it the house of home, family, parents, living environment. So let's go back in time. The most previous retrograde in Leo was in the summer, uh, depending on which hemisphere you're in, of course, of 2015, that is late July through September. Now, I what I did was I just went back through these previous cycles and I looked for what was happening around the topics of home and family, living environment, family karma, etc. So uh, a couple of things were happening. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our first, who was born in December of that uh, year of, uh, whoops, hold on, let me go back in time. I don't have it on the screen here. Let's go back to 2015. There we go. So um, this is August 2015. So uh, wife was pregnant with our first, and we were in the process of buying a home. Um, unfortunately, the people that we were buying the home from, they were going through a uh, court-ordered because of their, they were going through a divorce and they were going through a court ordered sale of their home. Uh, and during the process of that sale, one of the owners had a pretty serious mental health crisis and um, was institutionalized. And so the sale of the home was delayed. That happened as Venus was stationing and turning retrograde into the fourth house here. And then in September, when Venus turned direct, the sale was finally uh, completed. And this was our first home. And uh, so during that time, there was a huge amount of uncertainty around whether or not the sale would go through um, because of the, the sort of mental health crisis of one of the owners of the home. Uh, that was said to have come on because of the stress and pressure of the divorce that they were going through. During that same time, uh, I also found out that uh, a there was a, a family member that was having a child and had kept it a secret from the rest of the family and was very late in their pregnancy. <laughs> so there was like, surprise, I'm not telling anyone, but I've been, I'm like seven months pregnant or six months pregnant or something like that. So, 
that ended up being this big surprise that came out while Venus was retrograde in the fourth house. So I thought those were some pretty interesting themes related, obviously related to the fourth house of home and family that came up during that retrograde, all of which was, you know, learning experiences and a lot of growth and stuff like that. So nothing um, awful. Thankfully, the owner of the home um, was okay and the sale went through and, you know, you know, so like things worked out, but those were some very fourth house like things to happen. All right. So go back in time again. And I recommend you do this, but look at the topics of the whole sign house of Leo based on your birth chart, where Leo lands by whole sign. And then, you know, do some, um, do some detective work. The re and the reason to do this again is because when we get to the point where we're looking forward, now you have a sense of what kinds of themes have been there. Now I'm an 81, I was born in 81. So I can only, I only took this exercise for me back to 1983, which was the most recent one after I was born. Anyway, go back to summer of 2007. This is August, September. During this time, I, uh, I was, I sublet my, I was in graduate school and I was writing a memoir about my, uh, uh, ayahuasca experiences and my sort of family background around sort of religious uh, transformation, uh, family karma, and the ayahuasca uh, experiences I had had. I, during that time, um, I sublet my place in Georgia where I was going to grad school and I went back home to Michigan and I lived uh, in a retirement home that my parents had built but were not yet living in, uh, which was just like a little cottage um, on my grandfather's land. And I finished the first draft of my book about family karma while living next to my grandfather. And during that time, my grandfather had a mental health crisis. I thought that was interesting. So um, there was a pretty intense, um, like, like there was a very intense focus on family karma as I was literally living in a, a family home next to my grandpa on family land. He had a mental health crisis while I was living there. I finished a book, the first draft of a book that was all about family karma. Um, and uh, I happened to break up with a girlfriend during that time too, but it was not like a very serious relationship. So I, I guess I wouldn't count that too importantly, but uh, yeah, so that was super fourth house, Venus retrograde. That goes back to uh, 2007. So here you can see in, on the screen, there's Venus retrograde again. Saturn was in that fourth house too, which I found to be a very interesting signature, uh, you know, present while looking at um, the topic of uh, family karma, especially Leo karma, since both my grandfather and father have uh, Leo sun or moon. Anyway, so, uh, okay, go back to the summer of 1999 between August and September. We'll take it back again. What I find interesting is that my family started during this time, they started the building of that family cottage uh, next to my grandfather's land. And the building of that family cottage uh, was developed in part because my parents were decided that they were moving from Minnesota back to Michigan, which was home for them. See, I grew up in Minnesota, but their home that they grew up in was Michigan. So 
I was in high school and uh, this was my senior year and uh, they decided they started building the cottage at this point and were preparing and letting me know that they would be moving back to Michigan after I graduated. So, um, and in part, this was a way for them, as I understand it now, of resetting their lives because um, my dad was having uh, mental health problems and was trying to reset his life uh, spiritually, emotionally, reset his marriage with my mom after some real problems they had been going through. Um, so they were starting to build this cottage uh, that they would eventually retire to. But in the meantime, they they moved into a, a regular home and took, you know my dad took a job and stuff like that in Michigan. But this the plans to build it, the commencement of building it, and the uh, announcement that they would be moving as a way of sort of like resetting everything in the marriage and with my dad's mental health, that all happened uh, during this Venus retrograde in the summer of 1999. Uh, it was very fascinating. Um, and so, uh, then in the summer of 1991, let's go back a little bit further in time. This one is, um, I don't have as good, uh, you know, I was a little younger. So this one, my, like my memories just aren't as good with, but here you can see, uh, this is August into September of 1991. Venus was retrograde in Leo. During this time, my family moved. This was the first time that my family could afford buying their own home. Um, I don't know if you remember, or if you know, if you remember, but if you know this, maybe I was going to say remember because I've said it a bunch of times before, but um, preachers' families often live in something called a parsonage. A parsonage, for those of you who don't know, is like, uh, it's often, it's like a, a home that is owned by the church and whoever the minister is often appointed by like a, a larger body, like a... Uh, general conference or something will appoint. So the ministers get appointed to churches, almost like military stations. And you're, you live in the church home, which is called the parsonage. So you don't really own your own home. Well, during this summer, my family, like basically my father sort of like petitioned to have a housing allowance and to be able to buy his own home rather than having a parsonage, which he didn't feel like was really his or ours. And also it was a very, very tiny house that we lived in. So he wanted, you know, something a little bit bigger. So at this time, essentially my parents bought their first home because every house before that had been a parsonage. Um, I don't recall anything else other than that we moved into this new home at that time. So that was all I could remember, but it, it's possible that there were a lot of other things going on that I just wasn't aware of, um, which is often the case, the younger you get trying to remember things. Anyway, and the last one was the summer of 1983. Now, I was just two years old, but it was interesting to me that during this time, my, uh, my family also moved again. Now, my sister wasn't born yet. She was born in 86. Um, but my father was in seminary at Asbury in Lexington, Kentucky, which is where I was born. And... Um, we, they were like the resident directors at a, what do they call it? Like a, a home for, I don't want to say juvenile delinquents because that's not the phrase anymore, is it? It's like troubled youth or it was basically like a home for boys who were 
in trouble, like not like foster care. I don't know what they call them anymore. What is it? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Someone let me know like what the proper phrase is for it. now. It's like a home for kids who are getting in trouble with the law at a pretty early age. And they might stay at a place like this for a while, often because there's like troubled family background or whatever. So my father and mother were live-in directors and, and uh, uh, staff at a home like this. And I was born and initially my first couple of years, I was raised in that environment. A really interesting story. I don't really remember it, obviously. But um, so it was at this time in 1983 that they decided to leave that environment and um, get their own apartment for the last year of my father's seminary. So we moved into our own apartment, which is interesting. There's these themes that I noticed around having your own home, having your own place uh, that came up a couple of times. Anyway, fascinating, just super fascinating. Now, I'm not asking a uh, for your analysis, I have a hard enough time, you know, uh, meditating on those things myself. But what I can tell you is that I have a pretty good sense now when I look forward to 2023 about what's going to come up, probably something around home, family, property, land, parents, uh, family karma. That's likely what is, uh, you know, what's on the table. So it really, really helps to go back in time and do this exercise for yourself and look at what was happening in your life. What were some of the major events taking place? Now, for me, one of the reasons that that transit of Venus retrograde is going to be a little bit more powerful is because I was born with Venus in Leo, right? And that was my, that's my ascendant ruler as well. So it's not like it's always as strong and obvious in every single birth chart. It really has to do with you know, how prominent Venus is in your chart. If you have Venus in a fixed sign, if you have Venus in Leo, if Venus is a, a ruler of an angle, all sorts of things that could contribute to those retrogrades being sort of louder or brighter in, in terms of your life story. But either way, because this upcoming retrograde has these powerful aspects to Uranus and Jupiter and so forth, I highly recommend going back in time to those previous cycles. Remember, it is about July to September, August to September, going back into 2015, 2007, 1999, 1991, and 1983. Now you could go back eight years, pre just keep going back eight years previous, but you do need to check the ephemeris to make sure that Venus was actually doing its retrograde into Leo because some of this has been a transition period with Leo coming out of Venus retrogrades in Virgo. So the further back you go, the more likely it is that most of the retrograde would have happened in Virgo. All right, <clears throat> so what I wanna do now is give you five things to watch for in this upcoming Venus retrograde. Uh, once we have those five things to watch for, then I just wanna do quick hits on the topics of the houses per rising sign. All right, so five things to watch for given that Venus is going to retrograde in Leo, sign of the sun, uh, while squaring Jupiter and Uranus back and forth a bunch. Uh, and you can go back and listen to all the dates I provided at the beginning if you need refresh on those. <clears throat> so five things to watch for. Number one is radical changes related to Venus. That could be anything from sex to style to aesthetics to the topic of women or, or friendships or um, sisters. Uh, it could have something to do, again, with the topics of the house that Venus is located in, in Leo, in your, house, in your birth chart. 
the reason I say radical changes is that Venus retrograde provides revisions and changes for Venus no matter what, sometimes setbacks, delays, reversals of, of circumstance or fortune. But the, the likelihood that the changes coming around Venus topics or themes are, are radical is because it will make two squares to both Uranus and Jupiter. And Uranus-Jupiter being co-present in the same sign augur uh, significant growth, development, um, transformation, probably pretty positive ones, ones that will be um, sort of suffused with uh, dynamism and um, what do I want to say, like charisma and a, and a sense of um, making things bigger, better, bolder. So, but it's it's radical changes related to Venusian things, and then the house topic. So we'll come to the house topic in a minute. Number two are matters of pride, dignity, and freedom. Now, Venus and Leo has a lot to do with uh, what gives us a sense of pride and honor, personal dignity, and with Uranus in the mix, matters of pride, dignity, and freedom. Freedom of expression, freedom of sexuality, uh, the idea of having fun or being joyous, of feeling proud and strong in who you are, and of making any kind of changes that you need to so that you feel proud, dignified, free, and strong, especially, again, related to anything Venusian, women, sex, attraction, pleasure, desire, appearance, um, and uh, relationships. Number three would be a Venusian breakthrough. So a Venusian breakthrough might be like something that you've been working on for a long time that suddenly you you are able to, uh, you, you have a breakthrough. For example, let's say, and this might sound kind of vain, but let's say you've been, you've been working on your physical appearance, you know, physical beauty. And uh, by virtue of, uh, you know, hitting, hitting the gym hard or really working on your diet and your sleep, you know, you're just, you hit this place where maybe you're feeling no one's perfect and I don't, you know, I don't um, suggest that you go out seeking uh, something, some unachievable, you know, being okay with who you are and the way you are is really important in other words. But you may also reach a moment where you're just, you know, you feel like you've had a personal breakthrough around your appearance or your, your, your physical form or how you look or how you feel just, you know, kind of like Venus feeling like I've hit my stride. Venusian breakthrough could be in sex. Like I, you know, maybe someone's feeling like the spark is out of their marriage or their relationship. And all of a sudden your relationship has a breakthrough and suddenly you feel like, you know, the, the, the chemistry is back, you know, or it could be that you've had a fear of dating for a long time. And suddenly you just, you hit a moment where you're, you know, a, a spot where you're not only are you ready to date, but you're like, you're having a lot of fun and you, you know, it's like, what was I so worried about? You know? So any kind of Venusian breakthrough and don't be limited by my limited imagination right now. Think about all the different ways in which Venus may need to break free for you in the next year, especially given the topics of the whole sign house of Leo. We'll go through those horoscopes again in a minute. Now, number four would be breaking free from a history of bondage. So remember, Venus retrogrades, you can go back in time. Look at that 2015, 2007, 99, 91, 83. Are there patterns that have been recurring? Is there some way with Venus in this retrograde hitting a square to Uranus, also in Venus's sign, Jupiter in Venus's sign, that you are suddenly um, being released from a history? from a long, deep, complicated history, I suspect 
that could be part of it. So uh, look at the idea, look at the possibility that within those whole sign house topics, you could be seeing a release from a long history of feeling pent up or stuck in some way. And number five is just loving what we love, feeling freer to be attracted to what we're attracted to, desire what we desire, love what we love, be who we are. It's just a real celebratory moment for Venus to feel less inhibited. So loving what we love more freely, more openly, more radically. These are the kinds of things that I would watch for. So radical changes related to Venus, matters of pride, dignity, and freedom, any kind of Venusian breakthrough, a breaking free from a history of Venusian bondage uh, and loving what you love as freely, openly, and radically as possible. Okay, so that's the that's kind of the setup. Now let's take a look, and I'm just going to go through this rather quickly. Um, this is the point usually where you know just repeating house topics you can you can kind of lose your mind if you're if you're an astrologer. You guys know what I mean. So we're just going to look at the whole sign houses of uh, Leo, and I'm just going to give you some keywords to think about, which can launch you further into uh, the um, previous retrograde cycles and ex exploring those as well. So let's go through it. Aries rising, fifth house. <clears throat> Better drink something first. Aries rising, fifth house. <clears throat> Anything related to uh, the topic of children and pregnancy or, you know, the karma around your kids if you have them and all of that good stuff. It's a major fifth house topic for people who have kids. Pleasure, creativity, recreation, joy, um, self-expression, anything <clears throat> that makes you feel like I am being myself, I am creatively expressing myself, I am feeling joy because there's something about my life that is... Uh, in a creative flow. Anything like that uh, would be the topic of a fifth house Venus retrograde. So if you're in Aries, this is so much to do about what makes you feel joy, where your creative flow is, anything involving romance or creativity, and then again, the topics of children and pregnancy. So look at those cycles historically as well. All right, we already, I said Taurus rising got a big treatment because that was the one I explored through my own. So home family, uh, property, family karma, living environment, things like that. I do that one kind of quickly. Um, so Gemini rising, we're looking at the third house, the place of the mind, mood, environments, neighbors, uh, sometimes siblings. So you look here at especially changes in how you communicate, how you think, uh, how you process emotions. The third house was called the joy of the moon traditionally and has a lot to do with uh, the the mood, the moods, the thoughts, the feelings, and their fluctuations as they are in you, inside of you, and as they are affected uh, or as the environment uh, creates them in you. So environmental things around you and the mental emotional state within you, those things are so... Um, if, if you want know, to put it simply, like the third house is the house of the environment and how the most immediate environments that you're in all of the time uh, have an impact on you or how you are changing something about the environment. So that's how I would look at that third house. And oftentimes third house will also have to do with learning or education, 
uh, communication and technology, sometimes uh, short travel, uh, sometimes uh, travel, especially to see family, topic of siblings, things like that as well. All right, so that's Gemini risings. Now, Cancer, your exploration is focused on the second house. Money, business, resources, time, energy, your career, anything related to uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, skills you are trying to develop. Uh, this also has something to do with um, the kinds of talents, skills, or abilities you have and how you are using them to earn a living or take care of or provide for yourself. Uh, so anything around money, business, income, resources, um, anyone or anything that you rely on uh, to sort of prop up and support your life, look for changes around those topics if you're a cancer rising and look at them historically as well during those previous periods. If you're a Leo rising, it's all about identity. It's about your literal, physical body, appearance, health, psychology, personality, temperament. It's about existential things. Who am I? What am I doing? Uh, questions about your uh, individual sense of um, purpose and identity. So it's the, the, the house that is most personal. All right, if you're a Virgo rising, this goes into your 12th house, which means that um, I would look at all of the things that you're afraid of, the, the fear that you have of shining, the fear that you have of being seen, uh, the fear that you have of what you desire, or anything that's in your blind spot that um, is throwing you off, people or relationships or uh, influences that are undermining you in some way, uh, whether they come from you or they come from a person or, or a workplace. or So look at influences that undermine your own thoughts and behavioral patterns that undermine or other people or things in your life that are undermining and see if you can't, um, you know, do that hard work of recognizing those things and, and maybe, you know, kind of pulling some weeds. On the other hand, look at what you are repressing or what you are afraid of um, that if you confront, you might feel freer and better about things. So that's some 12th house karma to be looking at for Virgos. Leos, it's a, or uh, Libras, it's 11th house. That's the house of uh, groups and friends and uh, communities, as well as allies, uh, anyone that you consider to be like a, a colleague uh, and different kinds of, of groups that you belong to, where you feel that you have a place among... Uh, you know, where do you feel you are at home socially? Uh, I, You know, people will say, who are my people in the 11th house? Something like that. Considerations or, or changes among your, your social life, your social standing or status, uh, different friends or allies, collaborative efforts, things like that. So that's for Libras. For Scorpios, it's all about the career house as Venus will retrograde in the career house. Uh, changes in terms of public appearance, calling, life direction, professional uh, changes, changes in terms of what you're doing, how you're doing it, your status, your title, uh, your salary, anything uh, related to life direction professionally, going through some changes and look back historically too, because there's likely in an angular house to be pretty big ones uh, in the previous cycles. Okay, for Sages, it's all about your beliefs. Here you have the retrograde happening in the ninth house, a place that has to do with what we believe. Religion, spirituality, ethics, politics, anything that involves your, uh, your moral, spiritual, ethical, or philosophical compass and how it's oriented. That's what this retrograde cycle is focused on. Of course, long journeys or travel abroad could be indicated by the ninth house retrograde. And also anything involving women, the goddess, sexuality, and how those things, those themes of Venus figure into your beliefs and, uh, and anything you're learning or studying about as well. All right. 
Capricorn takes Venus's retrograde into the eighth house, a place that is often about who we are indebted to or who is indebted to us, what we share with other people on a level of soul contracts and how those soul contracts are changing or evolving over time. Um, you can look at a Venus retrograde in this house as one of revisiting old karma, especially in uh, romantic and sexual relationships. Um, or you could look at this as um, being released from debts and obligations, especially with a square to Uranus. This might also be about um, looking at what kind of pleasure keeps you in bondage and what kind releases you from bondage. For example, an eighth house Venus retrograde will sometimes coincide with someone deciding to go to a 12-step program. A Venus retrograde in the eighth house will sometimes reveal that a spouse has an addiction or something like that. So um, looking at the topic of pleasure and bondage, um, uh, pleasure and um, obligations that we have to people, romantic, sexual um, uh, desires that we have and how they entangle us with other people and getting free from some of those or also finding beneficial new connections where things can be shared between people in a way that is um, really helpful. So those are the things to look for if you're a Capricorn rising with Venus in the eighth. Now, Aquarius rising, that's going to be Venus in the seventh. So straight up, the house of love and relationships. The Venus retrograde in this house is so much about sex, love, marriage, and commitment. It's about uh, changes in the life of a partner or in a relationship itself. It's about the way in which you're growing and evolving through the path of uh, committed relationships or dating or uh, who, you're, who your time and energy revolves around in more deeply intimate or personal interpersonal dynamics. So that could be in certain cases like people that you're partnered with in business or just really close friends could also be an exploration of the themes of, of um, love and marriage historically that date back to your family of origin, especially because Venus is squaring Jupiter and Uranus in your fourth house of home and family. All right, last but not least is Pisces. This brings Venus's retrograde into the sixth house. Now, I would say this is kind of a, um, you know, a... Uh, um, <sighs> Oh gosh, how could you put it? Like, it, this is a great one for mending hurts or or tending to wounds in relationships, because the sixth house was a place that was associated with conflict and um, like enemies. But Venus retrograde here could mean that you're looking for some kind of peaceful mediation. This is where you're going through a divorce and you could see it going really poorly, but you decide to mediate. <clears throat> and you end up doing it peacefully during a Venus retrograde in your sixth house. Dealing with um, sick people who you love, uh, dealing with conflicts in love that require patience, dealing with setbacks or frustrations in relationships. Uh, those are the kinds of things that I would look for during this one. But also, who and what are you sacrificing something on behalf of? or who are you sacrificing something for, I should say. Um, the sixth house Venus retrograde could very well be about someone that you love that needs something, someone that you love that's hurting, uh, someone that you care about that needs help, that, that some element of sacrifice and service to others who are suffering is involved. Um, the other thing could be changes around people that you employ or staff that you hire, something like that, sometimes a sixth house Venus type of thing. Other times it's also about just fixing things that are broken, like uh, 
even mundane things just like you know uh having to replace something around the house uh and doing some kind of repair work venus retrogrades in the six are often about mending broken things getting better finding physical therapy uh finding a, a therapist a chiropractor even it could be something pretty simple so um yeah, I would look for healing things that are hurt or broken, including yourself. And it could be, in, in that sense, very beneficial. But, you know, um, sometimes healing requires a little bit of work and sacrifice. It's pretty par for the course with the uh, sixth house. All right, so that takes us all the way around the wheel and hopefully gives all of you something to work with here in consideration of Venus's big transit in 2023, Again, one of the reasons that I thought it'd be fun to prep with this is not only because at this time of year, it's fun to look ahead a little bit and say, well, what's going on? Um, but also because this week, um, you know, Venus has just appeared as an evening star is going through a conjunction with Pluto. So the work we're doing on Venusian things right now is in some ways going to be, um, you know, there's another major moment of Venusian um, change and intensity over the summer in the year ahead. So I think it's a good time to just look forward at that right now. Uh, maybe that'll be useful to you uh, even in the days ahead as Venus comes through a conjunction to Pluto, which we will also be looking about looking at soon enough. All right, that is what I have for today. I hope that this was, again, oh, as always, I hope that it's useful for you guys. Um, spend a lot of time working on this and trying to make meaningful content. A lot of time and energy goes into it. A whole team of people behind me that support this process. If you are able to, please help us reach <clears throat> 1,608 backers by New Year's Eve. As of the time I was making this, we had about 700 or so left to try to get to. I don't know if we can do it. I hope we can. Um, you can find the link in the description of this video or the comment section below. When you hop over there, pick a reward, pick discount on any of my online courses. You can use those as coupons for the classes and attend them whenever you want. They never expire. You can give them to someone else. Uh, there's lots of good online programs that I teach. If you uh, want to look at the website and look over any of them, it's nightlightastrology.com. If you have any questions about anything involving the Kickstarter, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. We really appreciate everyone who has already backed our uh, channel this year. We can't do this work without you. Uh, so thank you so much. And I hope you guys are having a great day and we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye everyone.